Today's episode is sponsored by our very good friends over at Neural DSP. If you're completely unfamiliar with who Neural DSP are, they make guitar and bass plugins that cover a wide range of tones and styles. Anything from the crisp cleans of a Tone King Imperial to the rich leads of a Soldano SLO. There's also the Archetype series, which is essentially signature amps made by some of your favourite artists. So whether that's Tim Henson of Polyphia, Pliny, or our very good friend, Rabia Massad. If you like the sound of all that, you can get a 14-day free trial over at neuraldsp.com on any of the plugins that they do. Um, and even better than that, you can get 30% off if you want to buy some or all of them, or just one, uh, using the code MUSICISEVERYTHING at their checkout. Hello everyone, and welcome to Music Is Everything podcast with me, Andrew Groves, and my very, very, very good friend, <laughs> Matt Hornby. Matt, how are you? Uh, I'm good. Okay. That should have made me feel nice, but in oh. actual fact, it made me feel very uncomfortable. Oh, it was it was like build me up to just bring me down. I'm joking. I'm joking. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for. I didn't know I needed consent. <laughs> no, it was a good. It was a nice competitive edge. Okay. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna see how see how that goes next time, eh? <laughs> how are you? Um, and, and what are you excited about this fair week? I'm very well. Happy to be here, and I'm excited about. This is going to be a good one. Mm. Museums. Museums are really good. Oh, man. Right. If you... Okay, bear with me here. Mm. If, if you've turned off, well, it's too late, bye. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> if this isn't for you, bear with. Uh, the I've, I've had, uh, been lucky enough to go to a few museums recently. Mm. Uh, include one I've been to before, the Design Museum in London. Nice. Um, one which is fairly close by. I haven't been to before the V&A or Victoria and Albert. Oh, it's one of my favourites. Oh, honestly. So I don't live in London, never have done. Uh, it's a big historical city that has grown hugely in modern times. There are pros and cons. People love living there. Uh, some people can't stand the place. And uh, But I've never lived there, just through circumstance, really. Uh, I like the idea of it. I have my own opinions and there are pros and cons what is nice though is nowhere else really to the same scale and historical kind of uh nowhere has the same kind of stuff like museums Mm. uh other, other, obviously other cities and other countries do, but in the UK, if you want some good museums, London's great mm. and has loads of them and they're all primarily free. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, I went to the v and honestly, it, it just, it blows my mind. Firstly, the building mm. is so colossal and so beautiful and so well-maintained it's a very old 1800s building, basically. Mm. That's very grand and was built. Uh, I, I did read a bit about it in there, but it's, it's it's colossal in scale. So the amount of... I was in there for maybe two or three hours, but you could spend a lifetime reading everything about mm-hmm. everything. Um, many different exhibitions about different parts of human history or whatever. 
And uh, yeah, it actually seemed quite a, a human edge, whereas there's the Natural History Museum next door, which is a bit more about natural history. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, just it's a staggering amount of no- knowledge, I think. It's, I guess, it's, it's, it's like going to a library and being staggered by the amount of knowledge in the building. Mm-hmm. But books kind of from a distance look quite similar. This is full of all sorts. It's like a, an antique shop, but you can't buy anything and it's really old and priceless. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, it just blows me away that it's, it's, it's not even, I'm not even obsessed by the learning of like, oh, this rug is from, Japan in the 1500s or whatever uh I'm like cool rug but I don't find a huge attachment to the weight of history I'm I I guess I'm sometimes because unless I've been to a place it feels a little bit theoretical Mm -hmm. um I've not been to Japan Mm -hmm. I'd places I have been I, I do get quite interested in the history when I'm there and around my trip because it puts into context what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, but I do, I'm quite a visual person. So <laughs> it's, it seems quite, uh, what's the word? Uh, uneducated or a little bit spurious to go. <laughs> There's a priceless 1500s Japanese rug and you're like, nice rug. It looked good in my kitchen actually. <laughs> you know, yeah. I wonder if Ikea do one similar. Uh, do you know what I mean? It seems a bit disrespectful almost. Um, but yeah, the, so that's the v which is was very impressive on that in that sense. And then the design museum I've been to before. Uh, it's so good. I've not the, been. The building. Oh, it's great. It's yeah. uh, in West um, Kensington High Street kind of area, West London, mm. uh, just near Holland Park. And... Um, it's basically a museum about design and there's a uh, a feature exhibition they've had in there for a few years called Designer Make a User, which is about how the products in our lives are designed for our lives and how we use them. Um, and then they have lots of guest, guest exhibitions, which it challenges lots of ideas about um, materials and colours and uh, our, our relationship to products um it's coming up quite a lot recently mm. in my life but uh yeah i really enjoy it and the building itself is extremely beautiful and even i find myself not only looking at what's in these buildings but the buildings themselves and how they're designed how they're mm. how well they're maintained and all this kind of stuff in that they there's a real there's a real sense of kind of craft and thought uh, mm. in in a museum I'd say in general um, and again I'm not a big aficionado I haven't been to millions of them but <laughs> as is always the, the theme in this podcast as I progress to maturity mm. it's, it's another common thing that's going to be more common I think um, but yeah Design Museum's great it's has a great shop as well where it features lots of very nicely considered books and sure uh, that's where they get you oh it really is but but it's 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 a a museum about design so the building has to be good Mm -hmm. 
that everything inside the building is just incredibly beautiful and well thought out. Uh, and then every exhibition is considered. Um, mm. And I think with these places, you just, it's humbling. Uh, you marvel at the, the culmination of human ingenuity, uh, which is housed in these places. It's, it's the kind of the, it's the cream of the cream on the top of the milk or the, Cream the crop. It's the yeah, yeah, culmination. The pinnacle, yeah, the culmination. There you go. It's like it's like the output of years and countless hours of mm. thought, learning, and all this stuff. And it's all there for you to learn yourself mm-hmm. and interpret and what you want from it. But yeah, I um, that that's the thing that gets me. Is it's humbling. You're walking into so much effort. It's just you're walking into like a building that's full of effort mm-hmm. uh, and in, in a kind of like a, some of the best or rarest or blah in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I find it inc- incredibly humbling um, and inspiring. So, yeah, yeah. Scott, I, I, I sometimes find it a little bit intoxicating in that like, like certainly when we used to live in the UK, me and Sophia would find ourselves on the South Bank fairly commonly and certainly down in Kensington and poor girl I mean you know it's not that I didn't show her what she was getting into but yeah I, I literally I'm the guy who goes and reads every little plaque and then complains that there's not enough time um but yeah I I uh as we've said before I, I really appreciate the the little things more and more and 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 like i said particularly the the vna i've not been to the design museum actually which is surprising but yeah i don't think I've, i don't think i've been there um like i say walking around and just admiring the craftsmanship and and just the smallest little thing that you take for granted and maybe there'll be like you know in fr- very few opportunities are there to to witness you know like a hundred different versions of things over the time you know stolen and curated (laughs) uh, (laughs) across all of time you know um and to really see that stuff up close and you know you you like i say you're kind of being wrapped up in history you've got like one thing to the left of you that's this and and another thing that's you know uh, from another kind of era and it's quite a telling display of humanity i think you know, you can you can stand in one position almost and just see this kind of breadth of of different races and times and thoughts and and all this coming together. Very few places in the world where you can really witness that in one place. You know, like I say, mm-hmm. I, I think I've definitely said it before. I spent so long just looking at the locks. There's a whole section on locks. And I've spent anywhere from one to two hours looking at every single lock and just getting excited about how I couldn't do that now. And yet this was, you know, approaching, you know, well, BC, put it that way. So some of the examples I had on display is incredible to think that way and to to look at that stuff. I find it really, yeah, really energising and really like... I get. I feel like I get high off of it sometimes. I just like 
like after I've seen a good film or something that's like planted an idea in my head and I just want to like talk about it and explore that idea and and mm. and share it and and kind of be like oh I don't you find that like it's like a new way of thinking or something which is kind of ironic to see to 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 find that in something that's so very old um yeah I was going to say yeah because a lot of the stuff is old um and kind of yeah gives a lot of context I've just remembered as well actually to add to my collection of museum experiences mm. Uh, quite recently, I also went to the Brighton Museum. Um, so uh, they actually did a, a free day where you could go to the Brighton Museum and Pavilion, neither okay. of which I've been to, uh, even though I've lived here for like 10 years. So Yeah, I didn't know there was one. Okay. Well, the Brighton Museum is attached to Brighton Dome. So mm. the same, it's a gorgeous building, actually. Okay. Uh, it's like round the back in Pavilion Gardens. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of local local history. So, which which I relate more to because I'm here mm-hmm. um, and I learn about where I am. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was incredibly fascinating, actually. Uh, it's, it's different. Yeah, it's obviously a smaller scale and it's more localised. So I don't know, is that more niche? Who knows? Because whereas the bigger places in London are a bit more broad. Yeah, I'd say well, um, it's, it's more focused, you know. Yeah, more fo- that's the word. <clears throat> So, um, but that was really fascinating because I learned loads about, you have ideas about parts of where you are, the city, and this can kind of challenge those or explain them. Mm -hmm. Um, We're really lucky that there's a guy who lives around the corner from from me here. He has lived in the same house for 45 years uh, and is an electrician by trade, fascinated by local Brighton history and he uh took an interest in the renovation projects mm-hmm. going on here and um came over with uh some pictures of Brighton from the 1800s mm-hmm. and some like tourist books and maps uh and like a, a legal document for an old library building that was on the seafront and talking to him about you know what's going on around here mm-hmm. He uh, he was like, well, my favourite era of Brighton is the 1700s. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool, you know, mm. way before your time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's like, oh, it's, it's gone downhill ever since. You're like, right, okay, <laughs> cool, okay. And uh, it's just really interesting, like all these different perspectives and all this kind of history on your doorstep. Mm. And uh, yeah, so... Yeah, that was actually really fascinating. I like that. And uh, actually, I think the day after I went there, I went on a big hike with a friend for like 30k or something uh, across a lot of the downs here. And um, you see spots and you're like, did you know that this is... Uh, that you- <laughs> That's what it's <laughs> about. Know? Actually, we, well, we came across actually, there was this, there's this like monument of uh, in the middle of the downs about... Um, let me get this right. It's a... Uh, a memorial for the people of India who served with the British Army in the Second World War. Okay. Right on this hilltop, like, look at it with an amazing view and a beautiful, beautiful uh, spot. And um, you're just like, I didn't know that was a thing. Mm. I had no idea. I just had no idea. And um, apparently it's common knowledge, but I didn't know. Mm. Um, 
but yeah, I just I like how it triggers uh, it triggers ideas and thoughts and just opens your eyes a little bit to what's around you. Uh, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that. And um, yeah, more learning stuff, I guess. Well, I think the 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 beauty of England, you know, is you know, and having moved away from it, is that there's just history upon history upon history upon history. You know, you're standing on so much of it you know there has been so much coming and going that you know even you know like i say when we were there and kind of i was getting you know slightly more turned on to this stuff you know we we, we would we could go for a very small walk in surrey and stumble across a you know oh this is, it used to be an air raid shelter or like oh this there used to be to do with communications in da 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 or whatever or like oh this is one of the first railway bridges or whatever there's some amazing accounts of um I think it's called the Londonist um I think it's called the Londonist and it's about I think they're generally train enthusiasts enthusiasts um but they have made these videos where they basically ride the tube um lines the various different tube lines in London um mm-hmm. And basically sort of talk about, they sort of take you along and they're like, oh, if you get off at this stop and you look here to the east or whatever, you can still see some of the original da 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 and like kind of just a fact about every single stop along a particular line. Um, ever since I've wanted to go back, some of them are absolutely mind-blowing, like stuff you just had no idea the significance and it kind of passed you by. And like you say, I feel like stuff like that, it's just so cool to open your eyes to everything around you and, and make it's so easy to to kind of just be blinkered and you know look straight ahead and you know not not be so aware of your surroundings i think that's what's so cool about you know that those kinds of accounts there's another one um i've forgotten his name but well i've forgotten the name of the channel but i'll, I'll put it in the description a guy called martin who is super into I th- i'm gonna say rivers and basically, uh, he just finds lost rivers in Manchester. And wow, as in lost, as in they're under the city. They are culverted. Yes, I didn't even wow. know the word culvert until. That's I, a good word. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> word. So that is where they yeah they basically take the river underground, and it was a really interesting way to start thinking about rivers. I, I never really thought of them as like. I never really thought of them as being like so there because like so permanently where they are. I kind of always thought about them as being just kind of sort of happenstance and then, and then kind of just moving with the ebb and flow of, of nature. But it's so interesting that they're like, well, yeah, this like, I don't, in England, I don't think of springs or anything like that, but that's very much the case. And Hmm. you're like, well, the water, you know, like it just, this is the 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 water f- f- from gravity to kind of you know the landscape and what have you and and the weather and where it's positioned and blah, blah, this is where that water flows and you know sometimes that's also underground and and then you know obviously they had this town and they wanted to develop it so that river was getting in the way so they I love the idea of taking a river underground I feel like that's a, f- a fantastic. Like, like a superhuman thing to do, but definitely, yeah, yeah. you know, that's what they did. And he gets in a boat and gets his flashlight out and whatever. And you know, and he 
crawls under and it's like amazing where he's like, oh, we're going to find this river today. It's underneath this Sainsbury's car park or whatever. And he has to like <laughs> go to the, you know, the bottom level. And he's like, if you took, you know, we've got permission to take this drain up and you take the drain up and it just looks like, a, you know, you would just, I don't know. As a river. You'd just blow your nose in it or something. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you'd, that's a weird expression. You'd just, you know, it's just, it looks like a drain. It looks like a drain. Poo could come past. Do you know what I mean? You'd just be like, yeah. yep. Yes, it is. Nappy, whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, but they're like, yeah, no. And then, and then, like, it's sometimes he, like, gets, like, right in there. And he's like, I'm currently underneath, you know, whatever. You know, I'm currently underneath. Aisle two in Sainsbury's. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, the clock tower in the main town hall. And, like, this is where that leads. And I seem to remember there's one, one video where he uh, was like, oh, we're going to a place called the Cathedral. And basically... They were kind of traveling through this kind of very, you know, as you'd imagine, very grotty. The places he goes to are not desirable. And right. many shopping trolleys and shopping bags and whatever found there. Nettles and overgrown and corrugated mm. fencing and whatever. But he would like, you know, go under and and then eventually they would join up with the Victorian, um, you know, plumbing, basically. And it is like a city under under the, a city enormous mm. like from a tiny tunnel it just opened up to red they called it a, yeah like a red brick cathedral right up and you'd just be like you wouldn't even know that was under your feet you know like no. amazing like so I mean incredibly specific I don't know how I came across it but I watched a few of them and, and it's kind of stuck with me ever since so yeah I love I love anything like that I think, I think it's so interesting to stumble across and 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 Open your eyes to everything around you. I think you know. I think that's even like you say with the it's, design, you take for granted. Yeah, it's really important. It's really important. And also, I also think it with like a lot of building projects, you uh, you know, a new building happens. Mm. Everyone's like, "Cool, new building. I could live there. I could shop there. I mm -mm, could mm -mm. go to the gym there." But what was it before? Mm -mm. There was something else there before, or maybe there's nothing there before. I mean, that's in a city. That's probably not less realistic you know mm. not for a long time but these this the the pictures this guy brought over and we have now in our house oh you got them uh yeah nice get pass them on okay because <clears throat> i'm really interested in in this kind of why i mm. guess mm -hmm. why is the point it's like why is this like this mm. why is this like this and uh the yeah they show like the main center of brighton with like you know, 50 houses or buildings, you know, and just it's a field where there's now a car park or yeah. loads of people. And you're like, well, I could never imagine that as a field now because, mm. you know, that doesn't make sense. But um, yeah, it's just really cool to see how things develop like that over time. Um, so yeah. But yeah, I really recommend the Design Museum. I really recommend the VA. The Natural History Museum is really good. And uh, as is the Brighton Museum. But there's a quite a few on my list that I know we've talked about on here. The one in Aarhus in Denmark before. Molesgard. What a yeah, museum. What a museum. So good. If you want real nightmares, go there. Okay. So there's a, I'm there's a, if it's still there, there's a whole like Aboriginal tribal kind of shrunken head section. Right. I, don't, I think Aboriginal is maybe the wrong word. 
maybe Amazonial is close. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm I'm just shitting on your races. I'm sorry. As in, there is a mask section. Okay. And a there a kind of shrunken head bit. Nice. That is where true nightmare, like you know, as like, oh ghosts, no, real nightmares. But honestly, it's one of the nicest newest museums I've been to that doesn't sort of smell of the seventies a little bit. Um, yeah, because that's a that's a big problem in London. Um, all super interactive, uh, like you know, modern technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, um, Really interesting, really, really interesting. And a gorgeous building, yeah. Mm. And the um, I always remember talking of nightmares. Uh, I once, uh, from a Yorkshire primary school, went on a, a one day school trip to London, which is mm. quite a long way, uh, mm. but just one day. Uh, a part of that day, we went to the British Museum, mm. which is the one where they have uh, a lot of mummies mm. from of, of Egypt and. That is scary as a little six-year-old or whatever. I'd like to go like, back. Yeah, I, I went back a few years ago, I think. Mm. But yeah, it's worth a, worth a visit as well. I'd like to go now. I, I went to, there's a museum in Cairo as well. And I went there at the time, but I'm way too young to really like remember it. I feel, mm-hmm. I feel like I'd like to kind of re-experience that. that and um, also the London Museum, I'd really recommend. Okay. Me and Adam went there one time after waiting for our Russian visas um, we didn't even, I didn't even know it existed. Um, and we just saw it and we're like, brilliant, let's go. And I spoke to you about that shield, like there's a golden shield. And we were just like, man, if they only knew that it was in a museum now, you know, like we looked at it for hours, like this thing that was obviously hand beaten. Like, I mm. wish, I wish you could go back, like if you could find a way to tell the person who made sure. it, you know, and just explain it, it would be amazing. They'd be like, I never should have sold it. <laughs> so hold on to it there's now. A, there's a museum of brands as well in London, which I wanted to go to, but ran out of time. Oh, nice. Um, so that's, that's more on the kind of modern con- consumerist okay. ideas. But yeah. Tell us your favourite museums in the comments, guys. <laughs> <laughs> What's, what are you excited about this week, Andrew? Um, I'm actually excited about a few things, but I'll limit it to one. Okay. Uh, in... A thematic in an attempt for a word I'm calling themacy. <laughs> oh, I like it. It's yeah, good. Yeah. I like it. Um, I am excited about boost pedals. Oh, I like it specific. Uh, right. Okay. And okay, can I ask just all boost pedals? Yeah. So for, for guitar? For guitar. Mm-hmm. I. I'm increasingly excited by the idea of, I mean, it's in everyone, but I feel like um, I've come to a time in my life now where I could really appreciate the, I just, I, I have the ear, I have enough experience and enough ear experience. That I feel like I'm really appreciating a simplicity of tone and okay just and nuance and my whole life i feel like you know there's just been so much for want of a better word drive (laughs) 
towards, you know, overdrives and distortions and, you know, and kind of the best new distortion pedal or whatever. But I feel like over the last few years, boosts have really found <laughs> their own. I mean, they've been going for a really long time. And I think most people with kind of a t- the, 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 the kind of real tone kings, you know, your Brian Mays and, you know, whatever, like the people who it's really a synonymous. Obviously, it's the classic driving a, you know, a high headroom or, or not, um, uh, but loud amplifier into a kind of rich distortion or or just a very full-bodied uh, tone and that's kind of the you know it's the genesis of distortion it's the genesis of of you know of gain and and whatever it's how it was made you know you're just pushing something into distortion you know but in uh, that nuance of tone Whereas before it was kind of about, you know, big distortion and gain and octave and everything like that. Just, I'm just becoming so much more appreciative of just a rich tone, a rich, Hmm. harmonically satisfying, you know, an organic, a, a, a push and a pull, a natural compression of just a a, 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 you know, a guitar, a boost pedal, and sometimes not a boost pedal, but usually I find like it's just boost pedals are just seemingly, and I've, I've actually got a few unwittingly and I've mm. just been playing around. I got my little Sheriff 44 here and, and my little DeVille at the back and like just been so much fun. I mean, again, I've been listening to it so much Julian Large and that, certainly doesn't help but even uh, I think old uh, Pete Honore uh, from Anderton's he was playing a Les Paul into like a I think it was a I want to say SVT 20 but okay. as a Marshall anyway and it just sounded amazing and it was just it's just a loud super loud amp mm-hmm. and no master volume it's just pure pure preamp but not distorted just like throbbing you know like yeah. just responsive just and a, clean the like, natural the natural breakup type yeah vibe it's, is it's this, is it, so you you kind of does this come with like slippers and a pipe and a blues album <laughs> it's it's just i'll tell you a, i'll tell you what i'll tell you a secret Go on. I've never felt that confident with my guitar tone. Right. I, I know what I want, but always for a long time felt like I was swimming around. And honestly, being the nature of the situation I'm in, or was in really, until I moved here, until I moved here, I never actually got that much time playing through my amps. Because they oh, yeah. were always in a van or at mm. some place, you know, and I'd have to get them out and they'd, they're the first things to go in because they're so big and, you know, so they'd be the first things to go in and they have nice big building blocks. You can stack stuff on top of them. And then before that, you know, we all lived together in Kingston and Surbiton and then in Surrey. 
So like I never really had somewhere I could actually, so I would, as in I could actually play my guitar, re, not reasonably loud, but just with my amp. Most mm-hmm. of the time it would be live or rehearsing. And I mean, you know, I'm talking in the grand scheme of things here, as in as compared to my practice, which, you know, I would just practice unplugged. And I still do to this day, really. I always practice unplugged. And I know what I want, but it sounds like a silly thing. But I feel like since, obviously, when I had the studio, I could play loud. I can play loud here. It's great. It's been so nice to really get to know on a more nuanced level, on a more intimate level, the the real workings of my amps mm-hmm. and where they push and where they pull and 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 really know them whereas before I kind of knew what I wanted and I would set them up and get a tone that I liked and that's fine but I felt like you know there's that intimacy and level that some people just have an incredible tone and they know exactly where it is and that sweet spot on their amp I always felt like I was just kind of getting an approximation every time mm-hmm. and other than like kind of you know octave tones and with pedals and stuff like that yeah, I just felt like I never really get to, got to know my guitar and amp. I really know my guitar probably more than any other object in the world. But I just that relationship, I just felt like it was never the same. It was very always one-sided. Yeah, yeah. So it's just been, I've just loved, you know, just sitting there and just tweaking, getting a little boost and just seeing where I can just push this and pull that and... And then just feel where 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 the response is. Feel where I'm, you know, you can really start to feel that kind of where the preamp is kicking in. You can feel where the power amp is kicking in. I've never really, really had that. And I never and I've never really truly I knew I wanted it, but I never really truly sought it out. And mm. since listening again, I listening to a lot of Julian. Julian Large, John Frusciante is kind of one for one at the moment. Wow. And just that depth of guitar tone and and the richness of it and the nuances of it is not something I've particularly not cared for but I've particularly sought after more more than just a great guitar tone if if you know what I mean mm-hmm. um and not that's I mean, and I'm talking like you know on the edge of breakup is kind of where where it's at where it's that super responsive kind of guitar tone and and that goes on I've been trying to learn a lot of Julian Large and Arpeggio. Oh, you're learning, trying, learning the try, track. Trying to, trying to get, so that's kind of come along with it too. But I'm also like starting to bleed back in. I'm kind of like, oh, I could, the guitar tones I had, I, I could make them such a better tone now. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need that distortion. I can use this boost. And, and, and it's just a much better, rather than like binary, on it goes, metal zone or whatever, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Every frequency go, you know, I feel like I'm like, ah. Oh, I've got uh, there's something it's a bit more of a three-dimensional guitar tone it's kind of maybe what, nice what, I'm what um what boost pedals do you have in your life there's actually I'll tell you what there's a long list of ones that I want mm-hmm. and there's a few that I have one um that I'm particularly enjoying actually at the moment and please I'd love some recommendations as well I'm slowly trying to be like oh I could I could really get into this no, and there's some really cool drives as well um but for the most part it seems like the best or a color of drive is that kind of, you know, volume up, 
gain on zero type thing, your true yeah, screamers, yeah, yeah. your clons, that kind of stuff. Um, but I've got an electron. Where is it? This guy's been pretty fun. I know no one can see it, oh, but it's, it's big. an electron analog drive. And it's actually eight um, analog um, circuits. And okay. it has MIDI switching and everything. And it has like a, par well, Mega. one, one, that's a pretty decent EQ. Um, and like a sweepable mid and like gain and, and level. And that has like, again, it's, you know, it's a, it's an S type, it's a T type, but there's like a, mid drive and there is a focused mm. distortion um which sounds like a particularly horsey like pedal and a mid drive mm. that sounds like a screamy like pedal etc etc mm. so it's kind of you yeah, know yeah, and there's yeah. one that's based on a blues breaker you know all the, all your classic tones if that makes sense but this is one i had and i was like oh, i've just never really sat and dialed in it's got just a straight up clean boost and that's really fun i've got like This is a comfortably plum by Green Carrot is that Pedals. A oh, Green Carrot. Yeah, nice. um, one half is a Ram's Head fuzz, and the other is a Color Sound Boost. Um, and so the Color Sound Boost, I've been really, really enjoying that. And again, obviously a pun on um, Dave Gilmore, but it's it's just Dave Gilmore in a box. Uh, Andy at Green Carrot Pedals is just amazing, super nice, such a nice guy. And was just like, I was like, oh, I don't really know, and I've not. I'd like to use fuzz, but like a lot of fuzz sounds like mud to me, and then. He was like, oh, you should check out this. And he just he just sent me it and was like, just check it out. And, and then he just was like, cool, if you like that, I'll send you some other bits. Nice. And so he did. And I never asked. Well, he, yeah, such just, yeah, just the, the nicest guy. And so, yeah, it's been really fun to like redo it and, and get into it and again, like use the fuzz uh, without any gain and, and that kind of stuff. It's kind of changed my perception of, of tone, if that makes sense. Whereas normally mm. I'd be like gain octave, you know, try and get a really big rich you know articulate gain sound mm -hmm. or whatever but yeah i've really i've really enjoyed kind of a more nuanced a more nuanced tone stacking lovely lovely yeah it does well i guess it's it's putting the putting the time with that kind of thing in it yeah. and going where is where what combination is the bit i want or like yeah and like getting away from it and coming back to it and obviously like i've been using yeah. um irs instead of speakers um, sure. So again, like a bit funny enough, using Rabir's um, Neural DSP, uh, uh, um, but using those IRs as well. And also just shout the Wasabi pedal, which is two boosts, two like specified boosts, and you can run them cool. into each other, again, by Green Carrot Pedals. And this is really cool, like really nuanced. But yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying that. And there's like the, is it the Chase Bliss stuff with the faders? Mm. Um uh, that's got like germanium circuits and silicon circuits in it and you can kind of just dial that in to like a very nuanced level so i'm behind autom automaton automaton i think okay um the danish pete uh uh the oh, dane the one the dane yeah. by thorpe yeah that's um i've been really excited about that the uh that's very good uh ariel posen he has a signature pedal with that brand mm. that's like got an antenna and it's blue that one <laughs> i'll put it on here it yeah, is. yeah yeah um what else have we... but yeah anyway like just oh and the um 29 pedals is it yuna 
That's quite cool. Okay. It just like adds harmonics rather than a boost. It's literally just switches. There's no. Um, so I thought that was like a, a mini. I know. Yeah, so I'm really excited by that and the idea of just one amp and just give it some love, like a lovely magnetone or something like that. You could really oh, okay, go, like or a tone kick or something, going really yeah. premium. Yeah, and I just... have I have one of those little. Um, exotic ep boosts which is oh, okay, single yeah. switch single knob and i really like that yeah very sim- simplistic and then um i also have like a for a stereo rig i built years ago uh there's a company in brighton called bright onion pedals okay and uh, they built me just a, a nice simple clean boost again nice double input output yeah yeah it's just just like i say just that that give and take to the sound is just something I'm, I'm, I'm being, I've been excited about for a long time, but I'm actioning it now. <laughs> you're really. actioning your excitement. Yeah, and I'm really you're funneling I'm your excitement. Trying to put in the time, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, I could, I could build a pet. Like I've taken all my pedals off my pedal board. I just have my little gig rig, and I basically just patch in what I need, and it's just great for keeping the signal really clean and, and really good nice. quality. Um, but now I'm like, oh, I'd love to build a little. A little pedal board and, and, and do you know what the most I've I've had quite like a largish pedal board for like ages and eight years probably ten years and uh, the best thing I ever did a couple of years ago I bought one that's like about three or four pedals long mm-hmm. and I find that I use it way way more because it's quite a lot of an effort to just build something that's right mm-hmm. in inverted commas but having just three or four and just plugging in and changing around and experimenting is mm-hmm. yeah a lot more accessible and easy to do absolutely yeah i'd like a little I've got my old touring one here which is like as big as, as and as long as these cabinets so it used to have literally like every pedal on it so i'm actually like oh i would like just a i, I don't need that in here like just a little mm-hmm. small one and then yeah like just a, a select few boosts and i think i think the I think it's, I can't remember the name of the company, but it's Black Box. Uh, 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 it's like a blues breaker type pedal. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about finding something that's clon-like, just as I've never really delved in there. But every time I hear it, I'm like, I really, really like that. So I know like the Tumnus by Wampler is, is really big and yep. the Surya seri- seri- Tone. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's kind of, it, it, the 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 nuances have, have really, uh, really excited me. I, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really enjoying that, playing with that. I just, I feel like I've never really had the the opportunity to, and and I've I've never, never really been, hundred percent confident every time, you know, and be like, mm-hmm. you know, some people just have a great tone, and I just never felt like I'd re- I'd spent enough time doing that. So I kind of was like, sure. I really want to, or at least learn the boundaries, you know, a bit, mm-hmm. a bit better, a bit more into and learn what and learn what you like. Yeah, 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 literally learn what kind of suits you. Yeah, and thinking, and this is. This is a this is a future. I'm thinking maybe a new guitar at some point might be a oh hello. It's time for a, I feel like a new era. I feel like it's time for a new era. I've, I'm I need to move on and I'll find something that would will maybe maybe coincide with this. Yeah, pairing. inspire your your next what's it called next era. Next yeah, yeah. And like I've been I watched the rig rundown with Julian Large. And he's just nice. got like a Telecaster, like a Fender Deluxe and like a little sort of API boost pedal, basically. And he just gets so much out of it. It just sounds so good. And I'm just like, that's 
really appealing. Not not that I would, you know, I'm not I'm gonna, re, re, you know, put out a jazz album or something. I'm gonna put out still- an absolute beast album. But <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I want to have, I want to, you know, get in, get into that zone. So. Well, I think that sometimes what you're getting at, like with Julian Large example, is that sometimes simplicity is just better, isn't it? It is better. It's funny you say that, Matthew. Because today I wanted to talk about simplicity, or my title for this, Simplicity, the Complexity of Simplicity. This is my TED Talk oh. today. Oh, I, li- I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Um, do I do I clap? Yeah, thank you, thank you. Thank yeah, you. okay, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, Thanks for having me, Ted. I feel like it's it's been a theme of a few conversations we've had. Uh, usually, what we're excited about mm-hmm. a kind of a drive towards simplicity and a and a and a, a gravitational pull or a stronger gravitational pull towards a simplicity on many levels. And I feel like as a person, I have a great desire for simplicity. Always, like a a, a, a desperately seeking simplicity. But I am unfortunately incredibly complicated. Everything that I do has to be very complicated, stiflingly, suffocatingly so. Mm -hmm. And, 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 the further I move through life, the greater the desire and appreciation for simplicity becomes, I find, whether that's in songwriting, whether that's in, you know, guitar tones, whether that's in my life, whether that's in, you know, I'm really enjoying woodwork at the moment. That's uh, I'm redesigning this studio around some beautiful pieces of oak, Matthew. And... <laughs> And I go to the it's a wood store here. And I, I just undress them with my eyes every opportunity. And I drag my poor son around there and just look at how good the wood. Just all raw edges. I love it. It's just a hump. It's just such a. I'm so excited to finish it and just stroke and just yeah, did that. You know what I'm like. And so. Uh, Go on. I, I I I love what you're saying. Okay, and and I think I think it, it, that perfectly In the illustrates. Sims, you'd be so perf- happy. <laughs> I would. Yeah, going. Uh, yeah, that's up. it. Clapping. Um. Yeah, I mean, you're. It's all it is is such a simple bit of wood mm. you've carved with your simple hands mm. and simple and simple mind that is grown through and created through millions of years of evolution, mm. uh, millions of inputs to create one simple bit of wood. Yeah. So basically what I'm saying is it's not simple at all. No. It's, uh, it's uh, really hard. Enti- it's, it's, it's statistically impossible that it exists. Uh, <laughs> so everything leading to that bit of wood is complicated. Yeah. And so whilst, whilst I say that, I, I'd say you're being a bit unfair on yourself saying that you... Oh, um, are a complicated person, that kind of thing. It's like, so if, if I were to describe to you the experience uh, of interacting with you, mm. particularly through, I think, a good way to interact with uh, a musician or an artist is through the work they create. Mm. Um, so before I knew you as well as I do now, mm. uh, I 
enjoyed your music. Thanks. Um, very much so. Uh, and it isn't over complex. Okay. It's 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 it, my impression, especially with the the latter stuff. It's 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 complex and considered, mm. uh, not over complex. However, mm. now I know you, I can imagine the process behind getting to that mm. would have been fraught with complexity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I guess you're yeah that illustrates your own point. But I'm not a com- as a person. The complexity of simplicity. Yeah. As a as a as a person, I mean, it's something I said. I say a lot more so, more so now than ever. I'm a terrifically simple person, but within those alleyways is is a is a complexity of my own, you know, neurosity. I, I honestly, if there was a plant that, you know, it's just like if you didn't really feed it and you didn't really water it, that that would be that kind of plant. I'm so happy in is. I have the things I really like doing and I have things I really don't like doing and that's it. Just, I'll just tick along super happy. And I find that like, there is such a, like a battle going on in anything. And I'm talking, and I'm not here to, it's it's not a case study of, you know, my inner workings as in, I'm talking (laughs) about this in a, in a general term for everyone, just the, the complexity of simplicity and how how difficult simplicity is but at the same time how how much i appreciate that simplicity and i and i think that's kind of like um an analogy i th- i think of is um talking about something like philosophy mm-hmm. and uh, i did it in for a levels and i really really enjoyed it and it's kind of stayed with me ever since but like the principle in very broad brush strokes is seemingly kind of bottling down an argument with specific rules um to essentially as short of a sentence as possible so you know you you may have heard like i think therefore i am and that kind of that mm-hmm. kind of verbiage Within that sentence, if you understand what that means, within that there are maybe hundreds of thousands of different arguments that have brought you to that point. You know, and and those arguments have been whittled down seemingly for all of time. And, and also sort of, and just a slight side note, something also equally as kind of jarring is to realise that Almost every argument you could, you know, pretend to, to to present now against any argument, most likely been answered a few thousand years ago um, by you know someone you would consider cave-like, um, you know, uh, uh, incredibly humbling to think back of, of and, and you know, because he did oh they're in black and white they obviously didn't know. Um, you know, they didn't have TVs, you know, but it, it's incredibly interesting to think of people, you know, you think of Plato and Socrates, all these kinds of people who had like, you know, discovered planets from the earth, you know, um, and, and, and also kind of seemingly solved a lot of these problems then, 
you know there, there, mm-hmm. there's not really been much further discussion on it but for me that is a really good analogy of kind of what i think simplicity is which is the presentation of a lot of a lot of very complex works boiling it down seemingly um even like a simple song you know i i think there's you know for all every every project i take on always has to become this incredibly complex thing but at the same time i just long i just see you know uh, someone performing with an acoustic guitar and i'm just like god i'd love to do that and i appreciate that more and more you know i think about you know it's, i think it's interesting these days that a lot of programs are kind of prefaced by these theme tunes that are kind of written by Hank Williams or someone like that. And the lyrics are always so profound and so honest and so, you know, stark or so, so self-effacing or what have you, just feeling so truthful. But there's nothing particularly, they're they're simple lyrics, you know, Uh, what was it? I, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. That, you know, that kind of thing, or, you know, the times they are changing and all these kinds of songs that have, mm-hmm. that still speak to people, you know, hallelujah. And, and, you know, uh, all of those, that ilk of songwriting, the great American songbook and that kind of stuff. It's, it's funny, you know, you think of all the time and, and effort you put into something and you're like, does it, is it as powerful <laughs> as that? You know? Like, is it, would it, is it ever going to be, you know, as, as impactful as something like that, which is infinitely simpler on, you know, on a, on a fascia, um, you know. Yeah. I I think, yeah, we've maybe, may have touched on this before, but I, I, when you have that initial spark of an idea, Mm. right. So you might be sitting there with your, clean amp and guitar and a uh and your boost pedal and a couple of notes might pop out mm. in a certain order where you might slip your finger or something really sh- simple and mm. maybe coincidental happenstance comes about and you have a note in your head of a, which leads into a little melody it's quite simple mm. it's probably took about 10 seconds mm-hmm. and then you hold on to that and it goes through a big process if you follow it through to become something. Mm. Um, do you do you do you feel like do you feel like that process is the kind of key bit, and maybe it's a personal preference uh, to to how true it is to that simple idea because it was simple to start with. That's mm-hmm. what I'm getting at. So uh, it, you you could have recorded it as it is and got just then and there and released it. Mm. So, uh, yeah, there's a, I'm trying not to answer the same question I'm asking here, mm. uh, but there's obviously a, yeah, you put it through the mill mm-hmm. to make it better, but you don't want to go too better because you might lose it. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, I think, like, I can't think, I don't think, I oh, know, maybe. I was going to say, Outside of the art world, I can't think of, and I'm talking about art and music and painting and da da da, creative sphere. 
you could hire great, you know, creative plumbing, whatever. But like whether you can either put in, you know, your hundred thousand hours to a something and come out the outside, you know, come out the other side with either, you know, the perfect product or utter tripe. And at the same time, put in zero hours and then also come out with utter tripe or the most perfect song ever written. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I, I think everyone has spoken about that kind of the divinity sometimes of, of that side of creativeness where it just feels like it was given to you. You know, we've mm -hmm. all had that thing where you just, oh, the song came and I, you know, and it took five minutes, you know. I've had other songs that have taken two years, you know, like it's just, it's that's a, such a an intricate chemical balance and there's so many variables at play, you know, and I think, you know, you could argue maybe it's the, the, the desire for simplicity that gets you through that complexity, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and you know, there's, it's, 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 there's also economy of scale, you know, something, if you didn't know the guitar, you know, learning a GCD, learning Sweet Home Alabama, that's an enormously complicated thing. But so I suppose, you know, if you're a virtuosic pianist, writing a song like, you know, Chopin might not be as much of a challenge, you know, so I suppose there's kind of depends what you're versed in. But I definitely feel like, yeah, I thought it was just an interesting observation, like just such such desire for simplicity. And I feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's very universal in that sense as well. You know, a simple design, you know, I think, I think the rules of good design, I think are something I apply mm -hmm. to most everything really. Um, and I love the idea of, of a, of a, an item or something that you take for granted going through that mill and kind of, you know, finding those, uh, uh, kind of you know ticking off those things like oh okay you know does it make sense sure. when you use it can it da 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 does it how does it feel fulfill its purpose and blah blah blah, blah. I love that there are companies that that their 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 whole shtick is is to ensure good design I think that's I think that's incredible and and how you know something so innocuous can can have can have gone through so many tiny little changes you know and, and 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 you could argue the same about songwriting and and guitar manufacture <laughs> you know like you yeah, oh that yeah. bit's uncomfortable and we, you know we'll we'll round that bit and you know but yeah, yeah. that's gone through prototyping and whatever seemingly to deliver something that is of the simplest design you know like someone complexity Someone recommended me a podcast actually recently that yeah. I haven't yet dug into called um, 99% Invisible. It's great. Uh, okay, mm -hmm. good. Uh, for those who haven't heard it, apparently it's the, the principle is, uh, you know, good design is mostly unseen. Um, which, I, there's loads of examples I can think of like in my life, but um, very short story that uh, in doing this renovation here, there, there, there could and probably should have been a step into the bathroom, okay. right? And 
I was really keen on the idea of that there being no step. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but you had to build the floor up for, you know, tiles and all mm -hmm. this other stuff. And so I had the idea of, well, why don't we just lower, they were smaller floor joists. Right. So we just, I was like, can we just lower the floor in the bathroom and then we can build it up and it'll be level. Mm -hmm. And now it's level. Right. And it's, and so but when you'd walk over that threshold, you'd never go, great design. You just wouldn't sure. think about yeah, it because yeah, sure, there's sure, nothing sure. there. Yeah, yeah. But it, 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 the result of bad, or in my opinion, bad design would have been there had it been followed through. Mm -hmm. uh, but without it, there's nothing to comment on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic, um, like, oh, watch so, a step or whatever, or like, oh, you'd always kick it. Or, you know, there's always that stone in the road as such, you know. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you see that then with um, with music? Do you feel like you get... Um, you'd rather be less skilled, for instance, and uh, why I'm asking that is, if if your skills were more limited, would you get to a simpler song quicker? That's a good question. I mean, as all you know, unless you really tried hard you are on everyone is inevitably on a track from which they will improve upon any interaction with <laughs> some form of skill and that the last you know you should be on some kind of trajectory of getting better so even if you were limited technically you know and it, it's such a hard thing to quantify because you know, uh, like what, A, what is better? You know, what does that mean? And like technically, you know, kind of as we spoke of about kind of leprous and, and, and carnival and, you know, the technical skill of, of musicians usually, usually doesn't necessarily equate to the best songwriting Mm -hmm. in, in my opinion usually kind of when you hear like guitar based instrumental music and the kind of artists that kind of go along with that in most cases it's not necessarily the best song and, and seemingly also limited by the fact that it's just guitar music you know, it, 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 like it's not usually the very fastest guitar players are not usually the fastest songwriters or the you know like all the best mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you know yeah. maybe maybe not but maybe most successful songwriters um and you know they're kind of somewhat bound to that because it is guitar based music and the guitar there's no you know a vocal adds a hell of a lot mm. um but you know i'm thinking your classic you know satriani and vise and whatever for argument's sake it, there's a ceiling there to some degree, but they are incredibly skilled. And we were saying, you know, how about, you know, bands like Carnival and Leprous, you know, use their technical abilities for the greater good. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of somewhat maturity of songwriting, I suppose. And, and also just, I suppose, some discipline to it. And a choice, obviously, you know, I'm not saying anything's better or worse. I'm just, you know, equating the two. The technical skill usually doesn't mean you know, 
you know amazing song writing it just usually that you know usually it's one or the other mm -hmm. kind of as a very stereotypical thing to say but usually you know you either write a great song on an acoustic guitar or you can shred you know <laughs> like being very facetious but you, you you know you understand my premise mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's a hard thing to equate because you know like you know for example when i was learning the guitar did a hell of a lot of theory. Uh, my guitar teacher was very much into jazz fusion and he really liked Alan Holdsworth and stuff like that. And I really liked my guitar teacher, so I kind of really wanted to absorb those things too. And I've retained the knowledge until now, but the practice less so. Certainly I, I mm -hmm. don't need, you know, to to be entirely well versed in changing modes over, you know, chord changes. More that I just don't necessarily do it that much and the music that I play changes fairly harmonically uh, and you know it's only really a case of adding or subtracting a few notes or you know or, you know, changing from Dorian to Alien or some, something you know some, no, no, nothing overtly complex you know I'm not using augmented mm -hmm. chords or whatever you know um, uh, so Sorry, augmented scales. Um, but recently, something I've been trying to do is open that door again. Just more of a case to be like, okay, well, if if I I should be practicing it much like I practice the other things I play, and I, these days I, I even though I do use it in my work, I try and make sure that I've done some practice every day, or at least I'm really trying to do that. Nice and being really excited by Julian Large at the moment. Um, I've just been like practicing all my arpeggios and all that kind of stuff again and just real baby steps, but just like, cool, minor seven arpeggio, major seven arpeggio. Learn that all around the neck and just play around with it and then, you know, do your whole two, five, one thing, mm -hmm. you know. Just, again, I've just not thought that way in a really long time. Um. As a, as a case of like, well, if I create those neural pathways, and I think with any songwriting or anything really, there's a push. There has to be some kind of like, I'm going to learn this thing and I'm going to bed it into my brain. And then at some point, I will naturally output something of note or difference than I would before. And I feel like that's the, you know, I, I feel like that, I, I, that's, how I felt about things, you know, you get, you know, you go to the shops, you get blood, sugar, sex, magic, and, you know, your mum gets it for you, and you take it home, you learn guitar, and then every song that you've written for the next two years sounds exactly like <laughs> Give It Away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, but then maybe as you get on with your life and, you know, you know, a new album comes out and, you know, you listen to something else, whatever, maybe you might apply some of that in a slightly more naturally and less for simile mm -hmm. and, and maybe something, you know, a little more musical. Kind of like dilute the influence a little bit. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe you start listening to something else and that kind of comes in and, and you know, there's the beginnings of originality there. But I feel like you need to like push that, that stone up the hill first. Do, do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And mm -hmm. kind of, you need to actively decide to do those things. I think what like, you know, I think like 
and better is a hard thing, but like, you know, is, is, is something complicated inherently lesser than something simple? And I'm talking about like, could, I'm trying to think of like a, a really good example but for the most part, the classic songs I can think of, bar a handful, are based in. And it depends. I mean, it depends. If you were 14 right now, you'd probably be like, who? I don't care. But I'm talking about like, yeah. I'm thinking of like, you know, a simple melody, a, you know, and I'm, and I'm not talking do, re, mi. I'm talking, you know, just a strong, I'm talking the Beatles. I'm talking, you know, like a, a, a mm-hmm. respectable melody. And chords, you know, would, would that ever be trumped by something more complicated or something, you know, with a with a greater inharmonic content or a or a greater level of technicality? To know, I if if I'm going to answer this question, I'd say no, because I I think the the hardest thing I'd say as a musician is remembering because what happens is you go oh cool I like music do you like music oh yeah I like oh cool let's hang out Uh, oh cool yeah have you heard this oh have you heard this have you heard have you heard this but have you heard this (laughs) and then can you play this oh can you play and then you know do you want to start a band oh cool yeah and then oh met some other guys so suddenly before you know it your life is you're surrounded by musicians Mm. all I was going to use the word competing. It's not a competition. It's more of a um, an encouragement uh, mm-hmm. and a, a, like a, a melting pot of ideas and uh, enthusiasm, furthering these. I don't know. The longer you go on, the, the more you want to know, and the better you want to make it. And um, but I think the thing that's sometimes lost is forgetting. Most people are not musicians or don't play an instrument, don't write music. And therefore, simplicity is always going to rule because it's accessible to the majority who don't understand how to make it. Mm. As it make the music. I mean, make it like, Mm. I've made it. Uh, But yeah, they don't understand how it's constructed. So I, I yeah, and I think I, I find that I forget that I, I like I feel like I'm so far down the road mm-hmm. that I, I couldn't write a E D A song. <laughs> Did you know what I mean? Yeah. Like because it just it just wouldn't. But it's not to say it's bad, and it's probably be really successful. Mm. Uh, probably being a very loose word. Mm. Uh, do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you agree? Uh, yeah, it's a hard thing. I, I, funny enough, I was thinking of all kind of dipsticks. <laughs> the general, I mean, general public is the most general phrase ever, but the mm. general public do play a role in some kind of yardage. Like they're kind of a fixed point. And like I said, I've definitely had the experience of playing someone something or even just being in the car with someone 
And people are like, well, I just don't get that. And I'll be like, it's just three, four. You know, like, you, you shouldn't notice it, you know. Whether it's the presentation or the accenting or... Um, and again, you know, I mean, time signatures and stuff like that is all about... And, and, and I do think it is an interesting thing. It's interesting how people feel about stuff like that. I've come up against that with other musicians. Some mm-hmm. people need to be incredibly specific or it, or it's confusing. Whereas sometimes I'm like, oh, you can kind of just round the bars. It's kind of like a long a long eight, you know? <laughs> like, for you know, for your more complicated sections or whatever. Or one, you know, think of it as one, one. Um, yeah. But like... I think, uh, yeah, I think that's interesting. Like, does it sound complex? I think is is certainly. I think oh. you can you can have something simple and it sound complex. Mm-hmm. Personally, for me, I think the greatest achievements in life are hiding something incredibly complex inside something very simple. Um, certainly within pop songs. Um, you know, for example, like the Foo Fighters, they love to drop a little bar. Um, you know, the Pretender has that kind of mm-hmm. little little push in it. Beyonce kind of has like uh, single ladies, like really kind of strange accents in the drums. And 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 I think there's a requirement for some of that, for not only some kind of not like a not a validity, but like a a flavour. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you know, I don't think you can. I don't. I, th- I don't think it's wise to to confuse complexity with craftsmanship. Yes, you I know? agree with that for sure. I feel like they're two different words. You know, like I feel like something still. You know, I think the Beatles are really good. You know, kind of example of craftsmanship, in that they mm. crafted those songs, and you know, you could argue that you know they're theoretical knowledge like that they weren't particularly gonna oh we're gonna you know we're gonna be in dorian for this or whatever i don't think that you know they're not they weren't apparently operating nerds yeah or just or just kind of it wasn't considered in that way they they were seemingly kind of chasing a melody or chasing a sound in their heads Mm -hmm. and you know they would have had to have learned that sound in their heads from listening to you know music of a more complex nature You, you you i don't feel like you can create something without having experienced some influence. it. Yeah, 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 some, yeah. Some, some waypoint. Um, mm. I feel like that's the best kind of influence is when, when, when it's just kind of intravenous and, 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 and you kind of pick it up. I kind of feel like, feel like a brain bath. That's kind of a, a way I think of it a lot. That's very, very interesting. And also, uh, I th- I don't want a tangent too far. Tangent, but why? The uh, this whole thing about AI and mm. creating stuff out of the sum of other stuff, mm. and you know, artists getting a bit annoyed at them going, basically going, all the pictures that are orange on the internet that are made by artists make me an orange picture it just averages them out and uh in a very simplistic sense yeah uh the the way that we do that in music is the same yeah yeah it's just not measurable mm-hmm. as in i know the ai is doing that because the code says it mm-hmm. uh and but you can't analyze everyone's brains and go how many times did you listen to metallica's one 
Oh, well, that's why it sounds exactly the same. Mm-hmm. You know, it is interesting. Uh, funny enough, you you do say that. One of the best, um, up in, well, until the, the recent kind of upsurgence of uh, AI, the most, um, you've heard of the Turing test? I have heard of the Turing test. Yeah, so Alan, Alan Turing. Turing, is it? Yeah, yeah. Alan Turing, um, he uh, basically kind of helped crack the code of the Enigma and uh, subsequently kind of invented the theory of, of kind of the internet and computing. Um, basically, he surmised a test that basically, you know, long story long, was that essentially at the point where you could have a conversation with a computer and think it was a human or not think it was a computer, that's when we would fully cross over into kind of computers um, essentially being kind of deemed to be uh, a kind of um, sentient. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a competition. I think it, I think it's every year. And um, the winner or the, the kind of most successful computer. And obviously there were all these robots and people would, and it moves and it, you know, can, and it's a maid and it looks like this and it's a person, and this one looks like a woman and this is a special code and now we've, you know, we've taken data from da 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 da. The very most successful, um, universally, unequivocally uh, successful program was one that literally just, um, a couple of word lines of code and it literally just mimicked what was said to it. <laughs> no, and, but I think it says a lot about simplicity mm. and maybe how we, how we perceive simplicity, you know, the, the, the ghost in the machine argument, I suppose. And, and the idea of like, you know, you kind of, this, machine is just parroting back to you and it's just taking that information and recording it and then the next person comes along it uses a different variation of that until it has that conversation to work from and it's just databasing conversations and the more conversations it has the 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 greater ability but it 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 passed people i think it's i think it's something like um i don't know this figure so but let's say 10 over you know eight out of 10 people believe it to be a human they're having a conversation with um and yeah and it's just a couple of lines of code that's that, crazy isn't it but that, is it basically it's it's the people people isn't there something around people liking enjoying a conversation more and feeling loved and respected and all this stuff if they're listened to sure is it mimicking that kind of thing by recognizing what you've said on a very simple human level? It's acknowledging what you said and just basically giving it back to you. Yeah. And, and obviously the imitation is the greatest form of flattery and that kind of stuff is, yeah. is this body language and whatever you like that kind of, you know, reflects into it. Maybe, nice. you know, maybe simplicity of a lyric of a song enables you to project onto it you know uh, uh um i saw a um oh, i've forgotten the guy but james and Anne always tell me to listen to him he's a comedian and he makes songs and he did inside oh bon, uh, Bo, Bo, Burnham. Bo burnham i saw something the other day uh, like a 
sketch and he was writing a song and kind of self-narrating the song and he was like trying to write a song but being intentionally vague about who it's about so that the most people can identify with it <laughs> you know whatever like <laughs> and I love your green blue black eyes you know like whatever you know like. and uh, I thought that was, good. I thought that was quite funny and and quite insightful and you know that that is such a true thing they uh, mm. creating a universality and less I and more we and et cetera, et cetera. Or, or you know, I, but, you know, that these kind of, you know, in a weird way, like no names. I feel like putting a name into a song, you've already like, you know, you've already like cut people out. Yeah, I don't know anyone called Valerie. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I know, yeah, the only Valerie's I know are in their 50s, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, maybe like there's an element of, more of a canvas there's more there's more it's more like is it is it more impactful maybe there's you know it's more space there's 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 less there is less complexity there is more room for a greater understanding of and a clarity maybe there's less instruments going on maybe there's you know less maybe it's a slower tempo maybe it's what maybe the lyrics are, are less complex and therefore a, a kind of an ability to absorb is is you know the, the absorption rate is of a greater <laughs> yeah 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 i'm interested though cuz so you 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 brought this topic to the table mm. um if i was going to make a parallel mm. with writing a song to developing a product mm. because i feel like it's a more linear process mm. right you might say okay i need uh i'm gonna make this product it's targeted at this person right to solve this problem mm. and music doesn't it, it solves problems theoretically mm. but not directly I, yeah that's a bit of a, a strange sentence to say out loud mm. uh hard to explain um but yeah it's just a different 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 mechanism than a product so um but you might have a target audience so with a song i mean i'm sure that the commercial songwriters out there maybe have a target audience you know we want it to be the 3 a.m i beat the club anthem mm -hmm. you know this is the one the, the next one um so rolling it back a little bit music's a bit more self-indulgent in that sense is people might write it for themselves mm. i'm saying that you might develop a product for yourself for maybe a problem you've faced mm. um do you think that the yeah why why do you think it matters why you bother making a song and your expectations on what it's going to do do you like think it's important to consider do you consider it uh, big question. I, that's all a kind of like a funny line. It's kind of like, do you listen to your audience or not type argument. Mm -hmm. And your audience could be, obviously, whatever you want it to be. Um, but it, it's a hard... kind of like in the last episode when I was talking about The Last of Us and how they had written and, and introduced new material on top of or surpassing 
or sometimes ignoring the source material mm-hmm. and how the line I had on that is it's good when done right. Yeah. But as a whole, not a great idea. Usually goes bad. Usually it's the reason why everyone goes, this is rubbish. And then everyone goes, oh, you should read the book or you should play the game or you should whatever. And I feel like it's a very similar discussion. It's the kind of, do you listen to your audience? Again, the kind of idea of what the general public are, is like I say, this kind of the only supposed meter stick in this discussion of like, they there is some moving impossible for us to really discern <laughs> line of on mass this is to this this is to that sure singing enthusiastically is is popular screaming oof you know like niche yeah, you know, yeah. unless you're dave grohl only person who screams in modern um music oh that's that's a really it, he gets away with Christ. it it's just yeah yeah just gets away never with thought, it never thought about that so much in fact mainly what he does these days is scream and just kind of just has like a scream pass card or, or whatever it just no no one goes hang on um mums are fine with it across the world um uh, so like the consideration of audience is one thing. I think as I'm personally the in the same way as we spoke about design and good design, for me, good craftsmanship is the altar for for me personally. Mm. And you know, complexity for complexity's sake is is the opposite, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think you are <laughs> there are some considerations I feel like you need to have half an eyeball on at any one time that will inherently make your song more concise basically words that will make your song a more concentrated, powerful version of what it is. And it's the same argument I have with many clients who, for example, are like, hi, we write a kind of like tech kind of rock, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, this section's in 5-4, this bit's in 7-4, one bar of this, back into here, now we're in 4-4, back, change here, stop, break, 3-4, and I use a point system with them. And I say, what you need to do is accrue points, right? And there's also the train analogy that I use a lot. We're on the train. The audience, I've got them all on the train for you. Train's moving. Every time you change or do this or do that, you're kicking people off the train. And the train is just the flow of the song. It's just hmm. going along. It's just going along. I'm not saying don't change from 3-4 to 5-4 to 4-4, whatever. I'm saying do it in a way which doesn't kick people off the train. And the sure. more natural it feels and the more prepared it feels, the better that is. 
And by doing that, you accrue points. And then you can spend those points on sort of doing fuckabouts. Like, oh, you're going to do a kind of weird, <laughs> you know, flat fives riff here or something. Or you're going to do a cool instrumental bit, you know, that's like, but I'm like, you spent your points now, you better hit them with a chorus. That's all you've got left available. Do you know what I mean? Like you've done the weird bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and I I like that. I use those terms a lot as a jovial way of saying some of this isn't pointing in the direction of good song. Mm -hmm. This is distracting. Sometimes, for example... You know, there's an ebb and flow. There's a, there's a, there's there there's a there's there's many different ways of creating and resolving dissonance, and sometimes that is doing a weird fuck about bit, and it's like, okay, you're you know, Infinity Land Biffy, go. Do that bit, but remember, Infinity Land Biffy hit you back with that melody straight after. You know, it lands somewhere. You created that dissonance, and now you're going to resolve it. Those rules apply. On every level, volume, timbre, genre, tone, yeah. songwriting, dissonance, tonality, keys, time signature, rhythm, production, everything. They're constantly in flux and, and you're constantly creating and resolving. You might have a bit that you're like, cool, we want this to be a chorus, but we've got something bigger coming next. So we need to sort of sacrifice this chorus a little bit. It's like maybe the drummer could do something that's a tiny bit awkward during this. Just play a normal chorus, but drummer, can you move to this symbol, which is a bit less satisfying? Because we need to we need headroom, you know. Mm. Can we can we can we maybe instead of both guitars it's, on distortion, can we have one and this one doing something else? Or just like kind of watering it down, making it a little bit worse in a Vergons. Yeah, for a good reason, and again, and, yeah. and 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 I and I think that's that's always the 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 challenge. I think is 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 it? Yeah, you know, the golden rule of arcane roots was always: is what is the best thing that could happen right now? <laughs> that was always the thing. Like, if that is a thousand cellos. <laughs> make it happen you know but it better be the best thing you know yeah and they better be the best goddamn cellos you've got exactly right and and i think but at the same time as well like and you know complexity and simplicity are their own distances you can have an incredibly complex section and then a very simple breakdown that's the most powerful part in the whole song uh, I think, like I say, there's such an interesting relationship between our desire for simplicity inherently. And and that you could argue that's what it is. We're kind of concentrating these ideas to their very best, trying to whittle mm. them down, trying to woodwork these these various pieces into something that will, you know, make the best chair, you know, and, 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 sure, and, sure. and function in the best be the best version of that song because that technically at its grassroots to some extent there is some kind of melody and some kind of chord progression happening in any kind of music mm -hmm. and I think and again it's very subjective but you are looking at trying to create the best version to your knowledge I think that's why as using this might come across as a little bit 
upper tea. Mm. But to use myself as a case study. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I used to really like simple music. Uh. And then I uh, was exposed to more complicated music. And now I feel like I like music, which is, I thought you were going to say before, when you're talking about uh, the best kind of paradigm, mm. the best outcome. Um, I like music that is a little, a tiny bit complicated. So it's, it's, it has interest, mm -hmm. uh, but sounds simple. Like uh, I've mentioned recently, Carnival. Mm. Um, what I like about the singer's ability is he writes melodies that the band are kind of, you know, teching out, sure. <laughs> nerding out with each other and with all their complexities and music theory and all this noise. Mm. And he, and I can, due to what he's doing, I can just nod my head over sure. the whole thing. He's the Thomas and Hack he, of... Uh... <laughs> the, the what, sorry? He's the Thomas Hack of uh, Hark, as in the sugar drummer. Just oh, right, always right. a little 4-4 four, four going on in the background for everyone else, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I think it's really valuable. It, it opens a door for me. And I, I'm, yeah, I'm not into uh, crazy complex music for crazy complexity's sake. Mm. And it, it makes, I just relate to him. I'm like, he's not in. Um, I'm not in. <laughs> he's singing, and I'm singing. That's it. And it, but it's it's it, it's really, and he doesn't scream. Mm. So lovely my mum's voice. happy. Say again, lovely voice. <laughs> he's got he's got a lovely voice, but he actually does have a groove. But the yeah, it really opens the door to me, and I'm sure many others. Mm. Um, because you can enjoy it. That's what it's for. I think there's a question of like. If you asked people on the street of varying outcome, I feel like if you asked people, they would have a desire to enjoy complicated music. If you asked them, if you said blah, 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 blah. And I wonder what psychologically or societally, or culturally even, what roles there are in... Like, it, it, not a one-upmanship, but kind of like a sense of like, oh, you know, what, you know, I'm sure there's someone out there who's like, oh, you know, who's that person who's like, oh, what do you do for a living? I keep seeing that come up every now and then, of like someone in a fast car or whatever. No one was, oh, yeah, no yeah, one's been that like, guy. you know, oh, you know, oh, cut the eyes out of fish um you know like um you know you want to say something of a state i wonder if there's like a, a feeling of status to the idea of someone mm. asks oh what are you listening to and you'll be like oh i'm listening to you know, the greatest works of chopin you know is is there like a desire and maybe on a deeper level as well of just kind of wanting and wishing to in the same way that like you know i, I listen to a lot of jazz music I don't necessarily, I'm not like following it along, understanding it or anything like that. I can, I can get the brush strokes of it, but like, I'm, I'm not like, I, 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 like, I'm not like, Oh, listen to that rising, you know, like, like that's not. Yeah. 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 And there's also a lot I don't like, but I, I'm, I also want to, I want to listen to it. Mm hmm. I see that as like, oh, I'm 
I'm educating myself. And it's not my favourite music in the whole world. It's, I'm not like, yes, listen to that. You know, it's more of, I, I always have homework music and that's always kind of very much a part sure. of that. And it's why I like Julian Large. Julian Large kind of, kind of straddles both. He, like I say, like the Spider-Man thing, he uses great power, great responsibility. He, he <laughs> you know, he makes it nice and exciting and there's, there's kind of more, you know, there's, there's simpler elements and simpler changes and simpler melodies surrounded by complexity. But mm. I wonder again, what, what relationship there is to enjoying something for the sake of its complexity. And in the same way that you're like, oh, this guy's amazing at guitar or whatever. And, and, and you enjoy that band because do, 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 do you know what i'm trying to say i know exactly what you're trying to say and i think a good analogy for this point is food okay. right so i you know i eat you are scale <laughs> i eat <laughs> it's true it's true breaking news exposed it's a scale one to a hundred right my of perceived uh fanciness mm. right well let's call it fanciness for mm -hmm. complexity uh you know, I probably eat somewhere naught to 50 most of the time. Okay. All right. But occasionally I go, I'm feeling a bit fancy. <laughs> Let's go to a, a very nice Japanese restaurant. Okay. Uh, you know, with little, it's it's all small plates, you okay. know. Sure, sure. A tasting menu. And, sure. you know, you have uh, a few little things which mm. you go, this is never going to fill me up. Always does. Mm. You're very satisfied. Mm -hmm. But would you eat that every day? No, you wouldn't. Sure. But I do come away feeling like my my taste buds have got a degree. Sure. And I can tell everyone I've been there. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but I, practically speaking, wouldn't want to eat it every day. Mm -hmm. But it's also prohibitively expensive. Yeah. Uh, and impractical. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's the... And everyone's got a different uh, framing of mm -hmm. what those things are, what they perceive as fancy or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, complex. Uh, but yeah, I th it's it can be enjoyed more in small doses. Mm -hmm. I feel sure. Um, but again, you say like study music. I I, I really feel there's an important point there in in separating uh, a listener and a musician. Mm -hmm. In that, uh, if you're uh, an engineer studying, you know, thermodynamics mm. of combustion engines. <laughs> you're probably going to read some really big books, which right. the majority of people won't understand. But yeah. but you're learning at such a niche, specific level uh, to understand just this very important in your world problem sure. that no one else cares about or or understands. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is. That is the kind of the the fancy stuff mm -hmm. in music is it's it's for the specialists. It's for sure. the other musicians, um, not exclusively, but there's more of a leaning in that direction. Do you? Would you? Do you see my point? Would you agree? I concur, Matthew. Nice. I think certainly Consensus. yes. I think with the food analogy i think yes the fine dining has its place but i think also there is a level of food where i'm like oh give me something great made with great ingredients homemade 
clay baked, you know, there's a level of complexity and fancifulness that hits mm. a ceiling of appreciation, if that makes sense. Of like, I could eat, you know, if I went to Italy and, uh, you know, a lovely family made me, you know, a stone baked lasagna or something, I would eat that every single day of my life happily but you know going to a five-star michelin restaurant and having any and, and, and those that's you know that cow was there they raised that cow and they killed that cow and you know the tomatoes were grown on the vine or whatever but then mm. uh, you know vice versa eating a rich level of of and certainly with fine doing it i very much enjoy it but there, it has a ceiling of appreciation it, it, mm-hmm. it, uh, infinitely f- fewer times and and i think that's a part of its appreciation. I, I feel like totally. y- you would it would lose some of its zest hmm. if you were to frequent it, you know, and, and kind of, I feel like the novelty. The phrase too much of a good thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, I, I, I could say I, I've just been thinking about it just with so many things. I just feel like a, such a desire for simplicity and simple elements of my life and 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 simple music i'm i it's becoming more and more in, in enjoyable for me and, and, I, and i say simple music as in a simple form of music and it's with a sim you know as composed to as as opposed to you know the, the certainly the more complex music i would listen to my youth um and i just thought it would be yeah interesting to really explore that those relationships, like I say, there is there is mm-hmm. such an an attraction to simplicity through a veil of complexity, <laughs> you know, or or, or seemingly um, underpinned by an enormous veil of complexity and 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 uh, and again, you know, perspective. I think really uh, 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 as well. Um, so what? So I was just going to ask where to next. Then, so are you? Um, what are you doing with your pursuit of simplicity? Is this like a selling all your possessions, going minimalist? Is it no uh, writing an acoustic album? Is it or is it just just a broad learning that you can apply to everything? Yeah, I don't know if it's even actionable. It for argument's sake, we spoke about boost pedals. Having had access and the time and the desire and the scope, I'm writing a lot of music at the moment. I'm really enjoying nice. it. As we, you know, as we spoke about at the beginning of the year, I'm really enjoying it. It's something I really wanted to address. You know, it's like it's time to switch things up. I'd like a new, I'd like a new guitar tone. I'd like a fresh perspective. I like to shake things up kind of melodically where I'm at, where I, how I'm approaching things on the guitar. Thank you, you know, my, the good Lord Julian has come into my life <laughs> at this particular time and saved me my hour of need. Um, and, you know, that has pushed me to be take something very simple, humble boost pedal, and then delve into a complexity of chips 
and boosts and types and cuts and tones and headroom and middle push and scoop and boost and cut and pickups and I'm like yeah I'm gonna do this I'm gonna and that little bit of simplicity has now added a greater sense of complexity (laughs) to something that was simple previously and so now a kind of now I'm like now I can do these complex things with an even better guitar tone thanks to this (laughs) piece of of simple seemingly and I'm like, oh, maybe I could start building my own. And, I, you know, I know about <laughs> da 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 And so it's all kind of, you know, forever. You, you, you know, you said you'd watch The Last of Us, like the kind of, you know, cordyceptual spread of, of tendril and ideas from seemingly simple. But I still look pervasively at, you know, like, oh, I'd love to just, you know, be in a room with a guitar and an amp and, you know, a bassist and a drummer and just write something simple. Like that's like such a cabin, warm cabin, winter's night feeling for me. Like, oh, so, but I just, it's just not accessible to me. The music I listen to is getting simpler, but infinitely more complex. The music I want to make could not be more complex. Stiflingly complex, but I there's just like a, like it's a fetish that I desire, like a, like a, a fetish for simplicity. That maybe, you know, I'm just like, oh, look at that. Look at that Fender twin reverb, no pedals, curly cable into a little 52, to, like, you know. But I just know that's never going to be available to me, you know. Yeah, maybe it's just a learning thing. It's in, you know, like a little bit of knowledge, you know. I was thinking of an analogy then where you're in a corridor. Mm. There are three doors, right? One at the end, one at each side. Right. You ch- you pick a door, mm. the one that's marked boost pedal. Yeah. Y- you go through it. The the thing is, once you've gone through the door, you end up in another corridor. It's right. got five doors. Right. But the door you came through has now disappeared. Ugh. So so you're now in the so one of them might go back to where you started, but you can't really go there because you've been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there, you just got to pick back. another door. Uh, but as in, yeah, I, I and I, you know, and, 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 and you know, this wasn't this wasn't about me per se. Um, but mm. obviously, I, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm very much aware of your own uh, affections towards um, just simplicity, just a humble, you know, uh, regenerative. You know, we've both been in, enjoying the craftsmanship. Um, you know, I think certainly when when the Beatles documentary came out. Um, that that certainly ignited oh. a, a particular like just the simplicity of it it gave me like a real desire to just we would the thing what would happen with us is we would have a you know a huge enormous fan the biggest fan that was physically possible filled with all kinds of crap all kinds of people all kinds of lights we'd get there and we'd be there for hours setting things up We'd have to get to the. We'd have to pay the venue to open early. We would literally not even see where we were. We'd have to pack up all night. We'd be driving all night. Our songs, like they're just, you couldn't change anything. They were super hard, <laughs> and we'd have to like go and you know the lights were super hard to do because of that, and and like to 
we'd have to program everything and I'd have to do this and writing the album. It was like, oh, can't you just put a C <laughs> next to a G, you know? <laughs> I seem to remember we would like, someone came on tour with us. Was it Pride? No, because that was for that acoustic tour, which was almost a joke in itself because we were just like, let's do an acoustic tour. <laughs> and it was brilliant. I was had just no worries for the first time in my life. I just was like, cool. There's not much to set up. Everything's simple. I can enjoy. I can talk to people. I don't have to be on like mm -hmm. vocal uh, rest and all this kind of stuff. I can hang out with the supports. I can watch the supports every night. It was brilliant. And we would just be like, why couldn't we have just Guns and Roses? Yeah, yeah. C, G, D, whatever. Whoa, hang on. Whoa, yeah, whoa. yeah. Shots fired, mate. And uh, <laughs> and why couldn't we have just Les Paul, Marshall, there's a Marshall everywhere. We don't even need to bring a Marshall. There's always a Marshall at a venue somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, why couldn't we have just done that? And, you know, maybe our songs would have been better uh, uh, for that. But like I said, I think there's there's such a, like I say, the desire for simplicity. You know, yeah, could, you, could you write less, could you write clearer lyrics? Could you write lyrics that were more obvious? Could you write them, Could they, are they technically, you know, more more truthful could you could you mm -hmm. none of this cryptic just say what you mean would that yeah. you know is that is that a better song yeah i think also there's an element of nostalgia for simpler times especially when you meet, uh, mentioned the beatles thing there mm. um you know i mean presented in that way obviously there's a lot of money propping that mm -hmm. simple scene up mm -hmm. uh but you know just four lads in the back of a van yeah and uh taking on the world just but, hammering yes. it out in a room i i yeah just no pedals no nothing it just gave me a real desire to just go into a room and just let's just make just some just, just this is what we have mm. let's just make some songs you know there's no distortion pedals what are we gonna do <laughs> you know like <laughs> just it just is what it is and and like i say the it made me think about like, is that a more concentrated style? Is that what, mm. is that as a creative, is that why I kind of ogling this, this, this feeling? Is that actually, you know, is that better? Is that a better song? Mm -hmm, is that, mm -hmm. is that how you make a better piece of music? Um, nice. I, say, I think that's um, a tough cookie to crack. Yeah, for sure. Well, on that subject, yeah. should we share some some new music? Please, yeah. Give me your what's what's your uh, recommendation for this week? Okay, mine is a an album Ooh. by. It's coming soon, actually, on the seventh of April, twenty twenty three. Uh, the the band is the band Daughter, and nice. the album is Stereo Mind Game. Um, I've been into Daughter for a while, quite a few years actually, but I think the album that I am most familiar with is Music from Before the Storm from mm. 2017. Um, the first album is from 2013. Um, kind of, it, I want to say like ethereal, guitar-based, slightly post-rocky, mm. uh, uh, melancholic kind of... Great band. Songwriting, yeah. She's got mm. a beautiful voice. Um, the... Yeah, it's just great music. Because mm. um, similar, like, London Grammar vibes. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think in that camp. Um, and But these guys, 
well, 10 years since the first album. So I feel like I've known about that element of this, this particular sound for quite a while. Um, and I think these guys are one of the best at it. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to that album. And nice. actually it's what I like about uh, a new release is it reminds you about the old ones. Sure. And so I was like, Oh yeah, of course. And I was like, which album did I really like? And then you remember and I'll be listening to it all afternoon. So mm. it'd be great. Yeah. Great. Sophia turned me on to them and, uh, um, yeah, big, big, weird. I have the album. I listened to it, but a few songs are big, were a big influence to me. Nice. But I never really like, I, I, I think I was in the middle of writing, we were doing Melancholy Hymns, I think, and Sophia uh, sent me it, and there was one, I don't know which album it's from, but it's like, dun, dun, ga, dun, 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 ga, dun, 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 ga, dun, 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 that's what I remember. I just I really liked the guitar playing. I thought it was really cool and the way they it's did it. It's really nice guitar playing. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I, I need to listen to them more. I did get the record, but then, yeah, I just, I heard that one song and I was like, oh, that's in line with what I'm doing right now. So I, yeah, I, okay, I'll get that, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. How about you? Nice. Well, in, in the, um, as a comment of, of a, in a comment on simplicity, mm-hmm. I actually uh, thought I would choose thusly. Um, our good friend, uh, Jamie Lenman, has just put out a new single, hot on the heels of um, his uh, last album, The Atheist. Nice. Um, I've forgotten, I'm drawing a blank at the name of the EP, but literally following it up straight away um, with an EP. So album, I don't think it's been out a few months. Um, nice. And yeah, following it up straight away and just dropped this single. Let me... Uh, I think it's like if you know I know you know I know <laughs> nice I think I might have seen actually because I really like the phrase but it's alright um, he just let me he just released a new single called um, Words of Love hmm. and honestly I think it is maybe some of the best music he has ever put out and nice in this uh kind of framing go on just tell me the thing <laughs> it's called from an EP that's called don't know I think it's called If You Know I Know If You okay. I Know I know, I was reminded of her at my age Um, I don't know what it's called but I'll put it up on the screen Nice. If you think I, I think you know, I know, I know, you think I, if you know, I know, you know, I know, <laughs> something like that. Um, um, Brilliant. She was reminded of me. I was reminded of her at my age. Um, and uh, anyway, it is a fantastically well-written song. Great. Absolutely slamming chorus. Absolutely slamming melodies. The verse is super cool. I read an interview where Jamie said he had kind of converted it from being having a little more kind of post-rockishness to it. And it shows, but it, I think it's what it's done is character the the verse with this really kind of driving, um, uh, just like tone, even though the, the, the song itself is quite sort of ballady. It's really, really kind of, 
don't know, just adds a really cool character to the song. And it's the guitar chords are really cool. It kind of has a almost like a Deftones, like clean kind of. Nice. Well, you know, they have a, like the dirty clean where they, but that really full voiced. Um, nice. And it's yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just a great song. It, 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 it and. Not I wouldn't say call it simple, but simpler maybe than some of the other yeah. um, releases. But it just, yeah, just, but also beautifully crafted at the same time, and 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 yeah, I think it's one of the, like some of the best music he's put out. Um, Fantastic, yeah, really, really cool. cool. Words of love, um, video is really cool actually as well. Um, awesome, and um, yeah, it's going to be out on an EP, which I don't know. Again, I'll pop that here somewhere. I need to Very remember we'll, this one. I edit it in a minute. <laughs> and we'll also uh, add both tracks to our this week's playlist. So yeah. check that out below. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Thanks for having us in mm. our quest for simplicity. Mm. And thanks to sponsors, Patreons, and you all for listening and, and or watching. We have been Matt and Andrew, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.